So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing season four, episode six of Life After Lockup. On this episode, Kevin hooks up with Kayla, Deontay reveals his collections status with Lindsay, Kelly and Sean kind of have a breakthrough, Branwyn and Chaz have a rough date, Marcelino is secretive about where he's been, Ray proposes to Brittany, and Puppy finds out she's pregnant. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, going okay. Uh, you had your first day of with students today? Yeah, it's New Year. New Year Day. Like, <laughs> something I was actually talking to somebody about is like how if you're not a teacher, New Year's Day is January 1st. But for teachers, <laughs> like, I know that's actually New Year's Day, but in my head, that's not the New Year. If you were saying, oh, in the New Year, I would be like, oh, yeah, like August, September. Right. New Year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because, uh, I mean, even my planner is an academic planner, right? Day one yeah. is like August, September. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just, you know, a different perspective most people have. Um, but, yep, we got our kids back. So back into the grind, back into the swing of things, just like <sighs> most of these couples. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the swinging couple. And that's uh, Kevin and Tiffany. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> Kayla is still here and she's still barely decipherable through all the bleeps. Just <laughs> same as last week. Bleep, 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 bleep. But the gist I get is that Kayla is frustrated by Kevin and with herself for kind of him having and her being involved in this backup back burner relationship that they have going on where eh, he just kind of messes with her when he doesn't have anything better to do. So he comes in because they had like started fighting last yelling at each other and he walked out last time. He tries to get things in order and tell kind of is like I'm trying this thing with Tiffany. Um, and she asks if they're having sex and he comes up with a whole bunch of phrases that – could plausibly mean he is or is not having sex with her. (laughs) (laughs) We're just hanging. We're kicking it. Like that was was not an answer to the question she asked. But anyway, she's frustrated that he won't answer the question. And also, does Tiffany even know about her? And if not, why not? So then, then we really turn very quickly from like antagonistic yelling to uh, like just Kayla hitting on Kevin. Um, Oh, God. Worked uh, really well because they start making out and then go back to his naked bed and, you know, start doing their thing. So later on, after, you know, the apparent hookup, Kevin feels a little bad about it. But Kayla's really feeling good about herself. And she says that maybe next weekend she can uh, go meet Tiffany. So Kevin says that as he kisses her goodbye and like she drives off, he does like both of these girls, but isn't sure what kind of choice he'll have to make in the future. Not what he'll choose. Like, I might have to make a choice, was his thought process. Just, man. So later on, Kevin is getting the grill started with those, unsuccessfully, with a homemade starter that his son Kevin made, his Kevin Jr., when his mom, Darla, comes over after church. So he starts talking to her about, you know, all the drama in his life and at first, he doesn't give up the details, but she's not a fan of Tiffany ever since that whole Curtis and the punch out situation. Um, 
when she got picked up from prison. If I my memory serves me correct, I think he called his mom like after he did it. it was like, hey, mom, yeah. I might get arrested. Right. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so anyway, then he does kind of give her more details about how they were like looking for a third with him and Tiffany and how Kayla's all getting bent out of shape. But he doesn't mention that he hooked up with Kayla like earlier in this episode. Oh, so they get later on at dinner, they get more into his reasoning about like, why would you bring another woman to this relationship? Which I thought Darla, who mentions Jesus in like every sentence she talks, right. she speaks. Yeah. Um, I thought she was going to be like, ah, third person is not really how relationships work. It's not going to be good. But instead, she goes off on a big homophobic rant that I really didn't oh see coming. I was like, oh, oh, that's where we're going with this. Okay. Oh, goodness, Darla. So Darla thinks that he should just get together with Kayla. Um, that's because she likes Kayla for some reason. Like, I don't, but Kevin thinks that oh, maybe the best option is for him just to be single again. Maybe even move away from these crazy Texas people. And then in the middle of dinner, somebody rings the doorbell and we are left on a cliffhanger of who is at the door. All right. So, I mean, what do you think? Should Kevin be single or should he pick one of it these two matter. crazy people? Nah, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Like when he said that, I was like, you're an idiot. Like he's like calling everybody else. Well, you're the crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, yeah, there's a common denominator here. You. So, yeah, you might not be the one going around doing the things that appear to be crazy or psycho, according to him. But he's certainly not helping the situation and creating an environment where, you know, this craziness, as he calls it, he definitely is creating an environment where this thrives. So it doesn't matter if he's single. He can move out of state. He can be amongst the most normal of all, as you know, according to him. But he's going to drive people crazy by playing uh, everyone. He definitely, like, gaslighting Kayla this entire time. Oh, of you course, know? yeah. You know, saying, like, you're the crazy one. It's like, yeah, I wonder why she thinks, like, you're kind of in this pseudo relationship, you know, because he's the one who keeps on acting like they're in a relationship. But when it really comes down to it, she's really trying to get him to say that he's in a relationship. He refuses. And so it's just like, it's... He is the problem. He is yeah. the guy who is just being not a stand-up person. Like, this is not the kind of person you want as a partner. You know, it's just he's awful. So awful. Yeah. I mean, what the thing is, is like, you're right. When you describe crazy, I would be like, can we just say a true sentence about you? Mm -hmm. um, you punched out a guy you met for the first time while picking your girlfriend up from prison. Right. And you're calling other people crazy. Sure. <laughs> like, like, that's yeah. that's where we're going with this. Right. Yeah. And it's just so, yeah, it's like he has no room to call anybody else crazy. And you're right. It's crazy because, yeah, when you lie to people mm -hmm. and they believe you, like he's like, well, she thinks we're in a relationship for some some reason. Maybe it's because you keep telling her that and you keep sleeping with her. Maybe that might give right. her that impression. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, he's like, I don't know where this is coming from. I was like, I can. It came from that conversation you literally just had before we saw you in this interview. Like, come right. on. He is just a terrible, like everything, fill in the blank. He's a terrible partner. I feel like this is inappropriate conversations yeah, to be having in front of his son. Like his yep. son, if his son were an adult, 
right? Then I'd be like, all right, probably not my first choice of, you know, having this conversation, um, you know, uh, with my younger, impressionable adult son. But I think it's pretty safe to assume that Kevin Jr. is not 18. He is right. uh, probably, I would, based on his size, the look, he kind of looks like a sophomore in high school. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I, I probably would have said I probably would have guessed he's like seventeen, which would have been like a junior in high school. Yeah. So like not that far off. Um, right. But it's just like that's not appropriate. Certainly not somebody that needs to hear about his dad getting into a polyamorous relationship, right? Like, with some rando. Like, yeah, right? and hearing about all the according to Kevin psycho crazy things these women are doing around him. Yeah. You know, it's just like that. He doesn't need to hear all of that. And poor grandma over here is trying to, you know, kind of, uh, I don't trying to write the, you know, road here by overcorrecting and, you know, Jesus this and Jesus that. Because I think she's really trying to compensate for how, I don't even know, like Kevin's, Kevin's very, very loose parenting. I feel like she's trying to. Throw in some structure, but definitely overcorrecting there. Yeah. And it's like, I was very concerned that even that homophobic Jesus person, um, it was like, you know, who was a real winner? You know who I really liked? Kayla. I the know. The one who we like, keep bleeping out. Like, so much we can't understand her. Right. She's a real stand-up gal. Like, yeah. I was <laughs> going to say, uh, maybe Kevin's mom is not the best judge of character. <laughs> I'm sure Kayla can come off as somewhat presentable every time. Every time we see Kayla, it's just everything about her. It's like her look is kind of trashy. Just she talks kind of trashy. She's always drinking something. Yeah, yeah. It's just like she just does not seem like a respectable, classy lady to be a good mother role model. Like, well, you know, stepmom like role model to Kevin Jr. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, knowing what we know about Kevin, there's a pretty good chance that she is the least trashy person he's ever been with. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, fair. That is incredibly fair assessment given Kevin. Just everything about him. He is just such a lying, lying, typical, well, just like dog. Right. And I don't I can't figure out why sometimes he lies and sometimes he obfuscates. But does it like intermediately like mm-hmm. sometimes he's like are you seeing that kayla woman no just flat out lie was yeah. that was that a girl you were texting no it was my mom just a flat out lie and other right. times it's well are you sleeping with her and we're kicking it you know and it's like no i don't know i don't know what that means you need to be more specific and use words and he's trying to get away instead of just lying because he could totally right. just lie and be like no we're not right yeah, I I don't get what he's trying to do at all. It's like, is he trying to maintain this air of mystery? I almost wonder I a little bit be. if yeah. there's parts of it where he wants to almost reveal to the other person a little bit to kind of keep them jealous. Because I, yeah. he seems like the kind of person who's like, oh, yeah, better to keep them on their toes. Know that I'm desirable to others. But... Not enough to actually get him in trouble. Right. That, I think that's about right because it, well, it is like, well, if I say I'm kicking it and we, she doesn't, still doesn't know for sure whether we're sleeping together, then mm-hmm. A, she's going to be more jealous. If she knows for sure we're not sleeping together, her jealousy goes away, which is like the whole reason she's – which is the whole reason she does everything she does. That's why she right. – like 
starts hooking, starts hitting on him like immediately. It's because she feels jealous. Yeah, because she wants to know that she has him. Yeah, I can still get him. He's Mm -hmm. still mine. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. But if, yeah, but if he says, no, we are, then she might be like, well, then fine. We're broken up. I'm done. It just keeps her in the middle there. And because he gets exactly what he wants. Right. Like, and he says, well, I don't know if it was a good idea. It's like, dude, you orchestrated that. Like, you knew which buttons to push to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. He is incredibly manipulative. And I just, I just can't even. All right. So moving on to people that I just can't even with. Uh, Let's go on with uh, Chaz and Branwen. So as Chaz puts it, little Chaz has been awakened since the strip club the night before. And he's getting excited for the thought of being intimate with Branwen. He has done some major manscaping to prepare, even admitting to shaving his ass. He meets up with a very down-looking Branwen. She says she's just tired and she's looking very low energy. Chaz is asking her about her Spanish class and she is barely mumbling a soft reply. Trying to make conversation, Chaz is asking her about her vape flavor and wonders if he should try to look cool and vape too. They get to the cabin where Chaz has made them dinner. Branwen is pretty quiet, so Chaz asks her about how she's feeling about moving. Branwen says she doesn't want to move, but she made a commitment, so it's a shit situation because it's be with him and be miserable or lose him and stay with her friends and home. Branwen is feeling overwhelmed, and she doesn't want to talk about it at all. They then get under a blanket and cuddle while watching TV. Branwen is paying attention to the TV as Chaz is solely focused on her, and then he makes an awkward transition into telling her basically how horny he is because of the strip club. And she kind of can't believe they're even talking about that right now after talking about moving. She then starts crying, saying she's not okay. She says she can't just shift gears like that. And Chaz looks down at the ground, not sure what to do, so he excuses himself to go to the restroom as Branwen excuses herself to call her sponsor. She cries that no matter what she knows, she's going to hurt someone. She just wants to make the best decision. She doesn't want to use, but she doesn't want to hurt anymore, and she thinks she would just be better off in, in prison. Chaz then comes back and says he feels like she has all the reason in the world to stay here and he doesn't want her to feel obligated to leave. Chaz says he doesn't want to feel like he's her mistake and he wants her to just be happy. So maybe he should just bow out of this relationship. After Branwen gets off the phone, Chaz says he'll just take her home and she gathers up her stuff and doesn't even question it. Chaz is no longer chatty and he's just very somber. They say some very stiff goodbyes and Chaz leaves. He says he doesn't know what he's going to do. All right. So if you're Chaz at this point, do you think it's worth staying in this marriage? Or do you think that, you know, you should, you know, are you thinking what he's thinking at the moment, which is just I'll make the decision for you because I already know this is difficult. No, she's already made the decision Mm -hmm. and he's the one who like acknowledges it like Mm -hmm. she has no intention to leave she doesn't want to leave if she does leave it will just be like to i want to say obligation like you know to satisfy him and she'll be miserable the whole time because she won't give herself a chance to not be miserable yeah right and like 
I don't know. It, I think he's, I mean, he, he kind of hit the nail on the head. She does not want to be in a relationship with me. Like she doesn't. Yeah. As much as she says the words they do, she does not because, yeah, you know, like the we- weird thing, like she was, we, she was uncomfortable when they were snuggling mm-hmm. and, you know, it was like everything he wanted to talk about, you know, what about this move, which she, sh- which if she wanted to do, she'd be excited to talk about. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and the sex, which if she wanted to do, she'd be excited to talk about it. And it wouldn't feel like, like to me, that was really weird. Like it seems like. Okay, well, you're, you know, a husband and wife, you know, snuggling together, watching TV. That's like nine times out of 10 how it starts, right? (laughs) Like that's not a that's not a huge gear shift. What's going on here? We were cuddling and now like we're making out. This is weird. I can't understand (laughs) this. That's like normal. And and the way she's like, I just can't handle this. Like she needs. Yeah, I just wouldn't want to be with somebody who like literally needed days to prep. Like. To prepare. I need to mentally prepare myself for this for literally days or weeks before that happened. And then when he said, well, let's just take you home. Boom. In a second. She was like, yep, let's go. She was like, okay, I'm all packed up. Yeah. Just her entire demeanor. It was just like, I know we had mentioned last week. There are moments where. I, I question is she sober, you know? I thought it was really uh, great that yeah. she called her sponsor, but it was like, let's back up to when she was in the car when he first picked her up. Uh-huh. You could barely tell what she was saying. She looked like she was halfway asleep and she was like barely talking. She was like mumbling. And it was just like all of a sudden, you know, it like flashes forward to like who knows how long, but all of a sudden it was just like, oh, it was almost like night and day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She looked awful in the car. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if it was like how early it was in the morning or if they're trying to say she's like just rolled out of bed or something if you give her the benefit out. But I mean, I definitely thought she was like, oh, this girl's wasted. Like she yeah. is gone, man. She's well, gone. I was under. Yeah, I was under the impression that he picked her up from school or or she had just finished school because I think that was the reason why, you know, they really couldn't spend the night together is because she mm. had a Spanish class that was like tied to her probation in the morning. And, you know, she was stressed out about school like she had already kind of said. And so I think that was part of the reason why she didn't feel like this was a free and clear trip, because for some reason I had thought based on everything from the last episode that Chaz had his, you know, one night with her, which really ended up not even being a night with her. And then uh-huh. he was supposed to just fly back. So I was kind of surprised that he was still there. Yeah, I think he had a late flight. I think he said, well, we can get a couple hours in. But it was like late when they when she dropped her off. I was it was, yes, very confused. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I get frustrated with her because she keeps saying like, well, I just don't know. I feel like I have to make a decision. And I was like. I feel like you made the decision when you married this guy. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, that is a decision you already made. Like, why are you still making it? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. To me, it's like, yeah, the decision was easier when she was sober and wasn't mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, like, using because she's going to be in the middle of Kentucky. Is she going to be uh, able to have the access and she's going to be monitored by someone who's going to try to support her sobriety, 
you know? And so I think like that's just not an ideal situation. And then on top of that, it's like she gets out of prison, sees this guy, and she's just like, ooh, I am not as attracted to as I thought I was. But Mm -hmm. at that point, it's like she shouldn't have married him because it's not like they were married before she met him. I mean, he, I don't know, that kind of makes me upset too. It's like, what was the hurry to get married? I feel like he pushed it possibly because he was trying to lock it down. Well, he was trying to lock it down and then there was some sort of rule about the sooner they got married, the sooner she was allowed to leave the state. Like they mm-hmm. could get the, pa- the p- paperwork started. So he's like, oh, when you get out, I want to get married right away so we can get the paperwork started so the next time I come back, we can we can come back to Kentucky. Right? Yeah, okay. Sure. And like it was it was like that, but it was yeah, I just it it doesn't make any sense to me like to have that you know, when they were when, when when you know he was trying to sleep with her the like, the first time, like yeah. when, after they got married, that she had that complete breakdown. I don't know if I can do this. She got super cold feet and bailed out of that, but mm-hmm. not to get super cold feet and bail out of the wedding. Right, like, right. That, like, that's crazy to me. Right, it is crazy to me too, especially considering it was her first marriage. So I feel like mm. you know the idea of marriage. I think if people like don't really have like such a like a loyalist committed this is a one-time event view well like, sometimes Ch- Chaz they're has been like, married five times sure right <laughs> right sometimes it's like oh a little bit loosey-goosey like you may have been married a couple of times you know but it's like her first marriage and she's what in her mid-30s mid to late 30s mm-hmm. to me i would kind of envision that that's someone who probably would view marriage as being more of a like i want to be a one and done kind of person sure yeah yeah and it just it seems weird that you would that that's that you you would i would see more anxious and more nervous about that part than about the part she actually got nervous and anxious about (laughs) yeah yeah because i mean she clearly had a very active sex life before so it's like well you know i'm also very like uh, also kind of fascinated about what how good of a sweet talkers are these producers sometimes mm-hmm. not for everybody that they can get him to be like well yes of course i shaved my ass like why did you say that on camera dude why uh, what, nobody I, there's a the only people that need to know about that are the people who are actually seeing your ass other than that right. that's cool It's pretty funny, too, because it's like he almost immediately was like, oh, that was really embarrassing. I'm very embarrassed about that. Right. Like, and he was like, oh, crap, they're going to use that. (laughs) So I don't know what they're doing this week talking. someone who has never shaved my ass or anything on the backside of me, that can't be easy, right? I mean, it's not the easiest. Sure. But I mean, it's not – I don't think it's any harder than, say, like – I don't know, because I've never shaved my legs. That's what I would compare it to. Well, like, I was going to say, because that's the like other the back thing of is... your leg. Like, like I don't think it's any harder to reach than like the back part of your, which is where everybody cuts themselves and they <laughs> shave their legs. But yeah, <laughs> like behind the, like the back of the ankle, right? Yeah, I don't have much shaving experience in general. So, I mean, I really only have to shave my armpits and that's like in front of me. And that's really easy. But everything else I don't have. You don't have any blind spots that you have to shave. No, I don't like, really. I can't have really body see that. Yeah. Where you have to do like the you you feel it and then like nope. So because it's 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 easier the second time 
like if you're keeping it up because you can feel like the stubble. Oh, stubble. You're being dig there. Okay, yeah, that, that's easier. But it's not like it's hard to. It's not like those places are hard to reach with I the razor. If that's something you have to Google or you just know how to figure it out yourself. Like shave your ass, just reach and shave. Yeah, yep, I, I'd imagine. Yeah, like oh, it's just God. you know trial and error. Most razors are pretty safe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do too I much mean, damage. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So moving on to um, maybe people who shave their ass, people who are asses. Sure. <laughs> um, so um, Sean, Sarah, and Destiny. This is weird. And Kelly, kind of. And Kelly is in there, too. But she didn't get – she doesn't get a title card. So anyway, we see Destiny hocking, knocking on a hotel door. But it's a fake out because her mom answers, not Sean. And we'll come back to that later because then we see at Sean's door – and at Sean's door, it's Kelly who wants to talk to him about something. She says that Gracie is the only one only one uh, here, I guess, of the children that live with her still. And the only reason Kelly is there because is because Gracie didn't want to come alone. So Kelly still, though, wants to, like, have a conversation with Sarah. So Kelly can give her, like, the lowdown on how Sean actually is with his kids. But he's like, don't hold that over me. I've changed. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Maybe who? Maybe he just kind of makes excuses. Maybe when we were together before, I worked too long, but there's nothing I can do about that now. So she accuses him of trying to replace them, being his old, his other children, with his new baby. He thinks that she's being unfair, and he really does care about his kids a lot, and regrets how things have gone. But she says that's kind of bullshit because you say that all the time, but then you never actually do anything different. And. This baby is a slap in the face to them. She keeps insisting that the children um, are really upset about this new baby. So he says he'll talk to them about it and try to fix it or whatever. But apparently during this whole conversation, I missed it. But apparently he cried. So, you know, yeah. that. so, you know, crying means you care. So oh, that's God. what Kelly is like. Well, maybe things have changed because crying. So anyway, Sean's still sitting there hoping that Kelly doesn't have ulterior motives. So later on, we see more of what was behind Destiny's door. It's her mom, Denise, who is staying at a hotel while while she's in between places and is going to see someone that Destiny set her up with. So Destiny's there doing the makeup, and that's a whole really just an excuse to have them talk and see what's going on with her. So she says she's still legally married to Jason, but has been working and living with her friend, Angela. And she just has a, a plan. Her she has a, She says she has a plan, but it's... Very nebulous. It's just like, my plan is to be better and get ready for this baby. So anyway, then she starts talking uh, about her mom to her mom about Sean. And Denise thinks, you should just leave this up. <laughs> leave us <this> alone. <laughs> Don't follow through on your plan to run to the wedding and spill the beans to Sarah. So that I guess the point is that she refuses to marry him. And this plan involves... And, and that's the thing. So in some way her plan involves going ruining his wedding getting his bride to leave him and that ends with him writing her a big fat check so i this is a very interesting plan she has not Um, well thought out but i mean it's (laughs) destiny so you know so destiny really does think what does her best uh, denise though is really like this really sounds awful and you should just leave the past in the past but destiny doesn't know how much much about sarah besides she better watch out for me. So Denise says that she hopes this is all bluster and that Destiny does not go to Ohio. All right. So let's 
imagine that Sarah actually has both of these conversations. I don't know when she's having them, as in it's like 10 o'clock the night before the wedding yeah. in the morning. So I don't know when they're talking to her. Um, but which one of the two of them would do a better job at talking her out of the wedding? Uh, I would think Kelly. Because sure. I think, uh, you know, Sarah could see destiny for what it is, right? That is just some bitter ex who is trying to exploit Sean for money and basically just try to get whatever she can. Whereas Kelly has legitimate experience with this man. She's had six kids with him. She's had to raise six kids in cooperation with mm -hmm. Sean. And it has not been so easy for her. And I, if I were Sarah, I would definitely consider that a cautionary tale. You know, like as much as Sean says that he's changed, this is who he has shown himself to be. And I would be very nervous about that. So if someone's yeah. going to talk me out of it, it's someone that has firsthand experience with that. Right. And it's not someone that he's shown himself to be just like once. Like she mm -hmm. gave him six chances. Yeah. <laughs> to, but at, to be yeah, a but at the same time, Kelly, it's just kind of like at what point, at what child number? Are you realizing that this guy, it doesn't matter how many kids you have with him, he's not stepping up and you're having to do it by yourself. Right. And I just, I, I mean, I, I, I just kept getting the feeling that Kelly was salty that somebody else took her trap baby idea. Like I kept having trap babies with this guy and now he's yeah. marrying this other lady who had this first trap baby and that's not fair. Like, yeah, I definitely felt how personally she took it and she kept on saying the children think this the children do this and it's right. not to say that they don't but i really feel that you know kelly knows sean he knows that he does not love her and so if she were to say i feel like i'm being replaced and the kids are being replaced by sarah and your new child that that is not going to make any difference at all to sean because he just doesn't care for kelly in that way so it's like she has to say the kids feel this way you know, because she wants to hope that Sean is somewhat sympathetic to his children, like having those kinds of feelings. And so I I really felt like the whole time she kept on saying the kids think the kids think it was really I think I feel, you know. Right. Well, and that's that's has been seems like it's been Sarah's suspicion about Kelly the whole time. Mm -hmm. Right. Sarah does not like Kelly. And again, I stress that she's here to come to this wedding in the morning. That yeah. The bride explicitly said she wasn't supposed to come to like. Right. And so that's. Well, that's on it, Sean. And that's I on Sean. Confused. That's on Sean. She doesn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused by that because we've kind of said, you know, this whole time, you know, Sean invited Kelly because he kind of got talked into it and he keeps on trying to hide it from Sarah. But there was one part in this episode where it was like almost like he was playing dumb like. I guess Kelly's coming to the wedding. Like, and it was just like, you invited her. You can't be surprised <laughs> that she's here. We've, you've told us several times that you invited her and that you're trying to hide it from Sarah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I think the point is that Sarah has very big suspicions that Kelly mm -hmm. keeps talking, keeps calling Sean and getting in touch with Sean, saying it's about the kids when it's yeah. really her giving her own opinion and her thoughts and oh, it's about yeah. her. Well, she's right. not. I don't think she's wrong, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, can we talk about why in the bloody hell do we keep on getting Sean Showers clips? It makes no damn sense. It doesn't contribute anything to the storyline. Like, they didn't even try to make it seem like, oh, I didn't open the door because I was in the shower. You know? No, it's it's just just like... Random shower scene. It's like, yeah, because he's the only dumbass that lets him into the shower. Oh, my gosh. Stop with the Sean shower scenes. We don't need it anymore. We never needed it in the first place. Like, that's true. (laughs) It added never did it add anything except to be like, why does this idiot let him keep filming him in the shower? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't need to see that ever again. All right, uh, so uh, let's move on to Brittany and Marcelino. So Brittany is reeling from Marcelino, uh, the fact that he was talking to Amanda, their threesome partner, and Brittany's friend behind her back, and that Amanda is just telling her now. Amanda, Brittany, and their other friend Shannon decide to do some tattoo therapy when Brittany gets a call from her mom, Cindy. Cindy is checking in because she's taking care of the kids, which... Brittany is surprised and confused because she had no idea that Cindy was babysitting. She calls Marcelino to see where he was or is because he, she thought that he was taking care of the kids. And Marcelino claims he's at home. And Brittany calls him out saying, no, you can't be home because my mom is home with the kids. So where have you been? Which he then insists he really said he was heading home. Brittany asks again where he was, and there's a long pause, and he asks, who the fuck cares? Brittany says she cares because she's his wife, and if he can't answer a simple question like that, then they're just done. Marcelino is silent as Brittany keeps asking. Then Marcelino hangs up as Brittany tells her her friends that he's sealed the deal and she's done with this relationship. Brittany says she's not a dumb bitch. She takes off her wedding band and says she she's done. The wedding band was his grandmother's that her uh, the, his grandmother wore for 47 years, and she says that she will be sure to give it back to Marcelino's mother. Brittany then breaks down crying just in disbelief that any of this is happening. Brittany feels like she's been taken advantage of. She feels like Marcelino has checked out on their marriage. Brittany wonders what she's going to do, and her friends yell that she'll leave his ass. Her friends tell her she's sexy and she needs to start flaunting it more. Brittany feels like nothing, and her friends tell her she's the boss, and they try to just psych her Oof. up. Yeah, there was a lot of that. So mm-hmm. Brittany believes that Marcelino is just too cowardly to tell her the truth, and instead is just acting like an ass until she's the one who eventually ends it. But Brittany vows to get to the bottom of everything. So we kind of talked a little bit about this before. I said I was very thankful that they don't have the same old random storyline. But you said that you uh, feel that this is a little bit more just, contrived. So tell me your yeah, theory on that. I, it just it just feels fake to me. It mm-hmm. feels like we need a, we need a dramatic storyline to stay on the show because we've kind of used all the other ones up. And like, I don't know. It just it. It doesn't strike me as the actual behavior of a cheater, the way mm-hmm. he's acting, right? Now, it might be something different where he, he is doing the I'll just be a jackass until she leaves thing. But mm-hmm. it's it's too contrived to be like the actions of a cheater because I feel like a cheater would be like they would have a story. They'd have a reason. Before they left and got mom, they would have a fake story that they could tell and be like, oh, well, I did this, this, and this, and I'm just gone because of this, and I have a thing, and I'll be home in a little bit. Right? They wouldn't be like, just yes. dead silence. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't. That's not how people behave. 
Right. No, I agree with you. That's not how people behave. But what I could see is, you know, him kind of having this attitude. Maybe he's resentful that he, you know, got left to babysit all day. And so he's like acting out. Right. And sit leaving the kids with her mom and then just being kind of vague about it. And maybe he's OK with her thinking that he's cheating just because he knows that it will upset her because he's feeling upset, you know, and really he wasn't cheating. Because I, I agree that I do think that his behavior is contrived in that. That's not how real cheaters would kind of behave. But I'm not saying that he's cheating. I think that he's just acting like an ass because he's unhappy. And so if that means making it look like he's cheating, fine, whatever. At least it gets a rise out of her. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that that's the thing. I, I guess I just my my contrived thing is it's just doesn't it doesn't seem like an infidelity situation because also, let's be honest, those producers are sly enough that they'd have like film of him like, like they'd yeah. have they'd have more evidence of just like but that not because you're right. It wasn't like like it seemed like. Yes. Being quiet is going to piss her off. Me yeah. saying nothing of his phone call is going to piss her off more than anything I'll say. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to I'm just going to do that. I'm yeah. just going to sit here in complete silence because that and it it does. It's very effective. I, I know this a lot like <laughs> as, as, from my teaching. Like it's if you want to, you know, piss off a teacher, like just sitting there in complete silence, just like staring at them like nothing. That's that's a good way to piss off some people like it really is. Yeah. Um, it's just and I, I just don't know what this girl boss group is and where they came from and why (laughs) they had a bottle of liquor of their own in the back room of the tattoo parlor i'm very confused about this whole situation like that's somewhat common right for i I mean as the both of us have never had a tattoo and to be i don't know if you've never had tattoo but you've been in a tattoo parlor i've never been in a tattoo parlor but it seems to me that it would be kind of a lax loose area it's not like they can sell you liquor there but they would also be okay with you kind of like byob like get as drunk as you can to get through this process so um my yeah my partner had i watched i was actually watching this with her has one tattoo Uh and she said when they get it they made her sign a waiver that she was not under the influence of alcohol oh interesting yeah i guess now that i think about it it can also thin your blood which would be dangerous that's exactly why that's exactly why it's because of the it's because it's a blood thinner not Mm -hmm. because like of i would think it would be like well they don't want to get sued by somebody who made a dumb decision but they're like no it's a blood thinner we we can't we don't want you to have a take a a lot of blood thinners before you get a tattoo sure Um, okay that makes sense and and so that that's where it came from. But I was like, it's weird that they like were just like, hey, we're just gonna walk into the store and just go into the back room, like, and just I don't take know. some out of your mini fridge. Vegas has a whole other set of rules, right? Like you can sure. just drink openly pretty much anywhere in Vegas. Like there really isn't a whole lot of rules like that. That is true. But it's like if a tattoo artist is like, I can't see what I'm doing because you're bleeding all over my tattoo. I guess that's where it comes to. (laughs) Well, I would hope that they wouldn't be all. Although I was going to say they've had prison tattoos. So I'm sure that's much, much worse. They're like, hey, bleeding a whole bunch can't be worse than, you know, Brittany. She is technically a tattoo artist, a prison tattoo artist. She talked about. Yeah, there was a segment where she was talking about she would make tattoos from a staple 
like she would use the end of a staple to like poke the ink in. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, and like you put it onto like a, the, you got the end of the table and you put it on a screwdriver and you tape it and you get, yeah dip it in the ink. Yeah, all those. Um, yeah, yeah, things. But I don't know. The other thing too is I don't think her friends' method of whatever they were trying to do psyching her be on up. her side is effective at all. That I think they were literally just making it worse. Like, yeah, I don't it was think they like, made it you know, any better at all. You know, it's almost like that coach that like screams in your face, like get yeah. pumped up. Yeah, it was kind of like that, and it's just like, okay, this is a lot. She's upset. Not, she's she's upset. Like she feels like she's been betrayed. Like the person she trusted, and they're like, "He ain't shit. You're a boss bitch." And I'm like, "No, just that's not helping. Why are you yelling at my face about being a boss bitch? What what is this? Yeah. This is no. Stop this." Like it, it's 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 not a you really in, in that kind of situation, you don't you're not really you're really just trying to wrap your head around what's going on. Yeah. And people yelling boss bitch at you is not really going to help mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Yeah. It's just going to like it's just so loud and in your face. And I'm like, I'm overwhelmed now. Like, ah. mm. and so, yeah, I, I actually I actually think the the tattoo thing is probably better for her, especially someone who has a lot of tattoos. Yeah. Like. You just need to sit still with your thoughts and f- literally feel something. Yeah. Like, like that, that That sounds much better than people screaming about how – especially that kind of stuff like he's ain't shit. He's never been shit. He doesn't deserve you. And it's like we've been married for like years. And you're, right. You, you have children did you guys together. Always, did you guys always feel like that? I'm stuck with it. We have children together. I'm stuck with this guy. You really think that? That's what you really think about the man that I have to spend a good chunk of my life cooperating with? Like that's that's yeah. kind of mess. that's kind of like not what I need to hear. Right. And I can definitely see if Brittany were to find out that he wasn't cheating, how she would be much more forgiving and be like, OK, we can still work on this, because I think to her, it's the betrayal part that makes it seem to her like it's over. Right. But if that betrayal sure. wasn't actually truth, then I think she would be more willing to like work on this. And then at that point, it's like this guy's still in her life. And so you're the friends who were talking about like what a terrible person this he is. You know, it's just like, okay, let's just tone it down until we get all the information. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So um, let's go to – I'll go to a little bit of a brighter spot and that's Ray and Brittany. So at least first. So Brittany is out driving around wondering why Ray is lying about his location. She says, where are you? And he says, I'm at home. And she like brings up the phone. I was like, his phone is not at home. So anyway, she's stopping for breakfast with Ray's grandmother, Susan. She knows that Susan and Ray are close and wants to get to the bottom of her perception about how Ray seems to be pulling away a little bit. Maybe he's starting to stray. And Susan says, yeah, don't worry about that. It's just like you, your honeymoon infatuation period is kind of drawn down and like, you know, she wonders what Susan also wonders, well, what do you kind of expect from him now that? You know, she have your promise ring. I forgot about the promise ring, by the way. Remember that oh, she had yeah. a birthday and thought she was getting an engagement and he got down and gave her a promise ring? Yeah. Whew. So, anyway, she brings up the location share that she just checked on. And Susan is like, what are you young people doing? This is a terrible idea. Why are you looking at the location at all? Like, the only thing you're going to get is more suspicious that way, even if everything's on the up and up. So, she says that Brittany just needs to focus less on the negativity. You know, every time anything happens, she just immediately jumps to the worst possible conclusion and lets it go like that. 
She makes it a whole generational thing about how young people aren't sure of themselves and Brittany isn't confident with herself. So anyway, later on, while Brittany is getting ready to cook, Ray calls to suggest, how about instead of that, I take you out? And she is definitely all about being taken out. So she calls a friend and we learn that she's definitely ready for the proposal again. But again, we get reminded then about the promise ring thing. So she's trying to keep her expectations low this time. So she gets there and he's waiting with flowers and they walk around this waterway plaza for a while. And then they start playing the suspenseful music because we also get an, uh, you know, talking head about how Ray isn't sure whether or not he wants to do this without her dad's blessing because he doesn't have her dad's blessing. And then he starts his speech of, hey, baby, you know, I love you. And then they go to another segment for a minute only to come back and find out that, yes, he indeed proposed. And she says, yes. And then they kiss and are happy and yay, yay, yay. And she loves her ring. Um, so, you know, everything from that point on is just kisses and lipstick. Um, so I guess I'm at a loss of what this story is going to be this year. Is it just going to be wedding planning with Brittany? Uh, I think so. I mean, they're a pretty low-key couple. Sure. Um, I think that she's even come out to say that their most dramatic scenes, including the promise ring were mostly contrived by her. So, I mean, she's mm. kind of even gone on record to say, you know, like, oh, you know, you hate me for this drama, but I'm the one who thought of it. You know, like this isn't real drama. So I don't imagine that we're going to see Brittany and Ray pass this season. Um, it is kind of nice. I guess they're even even more of a low key uh, you know, Brittany and Marcelino, but I definitely f feel like this is a solid couple. Um, Ray is just very easygoing. He's just go with the flow. You know, mm -hmm. Brittany definitely seems more high maintenance, but luckily for her, Ray is someone who's just trying to make her happy, you know, so I just don't foresee a whole lot of drama um, other than, you know, the stress of planning a wedding. Right. Yeah. I and mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking of, because all the other couples, I feel like we have kind of a idea right now where we're going, at least in mm -hmm. the next couple episodes. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of like a reset button. Right now we have like, oh, they reached this this milestone that she was like looking for. It's usually mm -hmm. the engagement is kind of the, usually the thing that ends the season. Yeah. Right. Doesn't come in. You know, what are we four episodes in? And it's only the second time we've seen them. Yeah. Right? Maybe this is yeah. part of the reason we haven't seen them as much on the show. Well, I can also see their storyline being just knowing what I know about Brittany and knowing what I know about Ray. Brittany trying to have this over the top wedding and the, the, them, especially because Brittany's dad doesn't approve, having oh, to sure. figure out how they're going to fund this thing. Yeah. I, I mean, she does strike me as someone who not going to go like courthouse cheap on a wedding no she's <laughs> like i want a donut station uh you know a cupcake station on top of the wedding cake and i want you know flowers upon flowers and yeah, she's the kind of person who's gonna try to get everything and she's not gonna want to compromise and it's like well that's great where's this money coming from because ray still has restitution right. oh yeah the restitution i might come up a little bit but yeah, yeah. <sighs> 
Yeah. So uh, other milestones. Let's talk about Puppy and Amber. So we start off with Eric, Puppy's boyfriend, who's going to drop off Puppy so she can go shopping with Amber. He asks her if she has money and she says no. So he breaks off a couple hundred dollars in cash for her. She tells us that Eric takes care of her, but she doesn't get a say in how much she actually gets. He decides how much to give her. She says he's very controlling and she just doesn't want to be financially dependent on him. She meets up with Amber, who can tell something is wrong. Puppy says it's because Eric didn't give her much money, but she then remembers she got something for Amber and gets excited as she shows her. Puppy gives Amber a pair of jeans and Amber is very grateful. Amber then suggests that they all take a dance lesson, especially since Puppy and Eric will have to dance at their wedding. Puppy says they have to survive the divorce first, and the divorce they mean Eric and his ex-wife. We then hear in the interview that Puppy believes Eric has lied and cheated on her already. She thinks that he's playing both sides of the fence, referring to his ex. Puppy, th Puppy then starts to cry because she fears that he still loves his ex-wife. She says that she loves Eric and can't turn her back on him now. Amber just can't understand why Puppy's settling, and she thinks that she deserves better. Puppy says she's had a lot going on, and now she may be pregnant. Amber really hopes this is a false alarm, and she insists that they go get a pregnancy test right now. Puppy admits that they haven't been using protection. Amber tries to tough love her and lecture her on being smart about protection, especially if they don't want to have a baby. Amber says the timing is horrible. They head to a gas station and they snag the very last pregnancy test and both they go to the bathroom. Amber jokes that Puppy should be a pro at peeing in front of people as Puppy pees on the stick. Amber says, damn, because it is the boldest, fastest plus sign she's ever seen. <laughs> Puppy immediately starts freaking out as she asks Amber to wipe her butt as a joke. Amber suggests that, you know, she should be telling Eric first and foremost, and Puppy doesn't think that he's going to be happy about this at all. Puppy says that it was never a problem before not using protection, and Amber just kind of rolls her eyes. Puppy thinks it's never going to be a good time, so I don't know, maybe, baby? Amber <sighs> doesn't trust Eric or that he'll be there for her. Puppy keeps staring at the results like they'll change. So, Puppy is all over the map here. So, she seems to think that Eric's cheating on her, but maybe they should have this baby, but she really loves him. What do you think Eric's doing? What do you think Eric <laughs> I, thinks in all this? I don't, I just don't get the impression that Eric thinks at all. Yeah, that's true. He's just like, oh, I don't want to change him. Like, I actually don't think he would be a total dick about the pregnancy, right? I don't know that yeah. he would be a good dad, but I don't think he would be like, he would be like, mm, no, no baby. Not on happen. Right. Drop right? her at the like, Walmart and never come pick her up. Right. Yeah, right. But, I mean, at the same time, I almost feel like he's the kind of person, and I feel like this is how he's in this situation, who's just kind of like... Let's just go with what's going on right now. So, yes. you know, it's yeah. like, well, like, I'm like already married. Was... It's just easier to maintain this. So I'm married yeah, and living was... with someone else. He was that way. The way he proposed the puppy was kind of like, well, I guess you want to do it. We can do it. All right. Like, like yeah. that was just it. I was like, we're going along. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah, just, just, yeah. Whatever's going on is going on. He's just, he's just, he's just let, 
going with the breeze, right? Right. I don't. I just don't know about him though. Is I just don't think he's gonna be super invested. He doesn't seem super invested in doing anything. He just seems kind of lazy to me. Yeah, and just into his appearance. It seems yes. like is what he's mostly into. I wanted to know how they met because it's like, how do you meet someone like that? Like, I don't know, especially with someone who just doesn't seem all that interested in like kind of going out of their way and changing their life. It's it, it just it's also. Yeah, it's also unusual to me that somebody who is really into, for lack of a better term, expressing themselves through these flamboyant clothes. Right. But has a personality that he has where he's just like, oh, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's why he like, likes Poppy. She seems to go along with it. Like they'll wear matching outfits kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Coordinating outfits or. But you it's know, just like something. usually people who wear loud clothes live loud lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and he does not like he's very just go with the flow. I'm going to mumble my way through whatever we're doing and then go go home. Like it seems like he could low key be in a band or something. Like yeah, he's but he'd not definitely the be the bass man, player, but yeah. <laughs> he's in the back doing something. He's definitely you know? in the back. Right? <laughs> Possibly the DJ. I don't know. I could see that. Yeah, I could see him being a DJ. Actually, that would I could see that. I could see him being like the keyboardist or something. Yeah, somebody that they barely forget to even mention is right. the band. It's like, oh, yeah, and Eric is there, too. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like because of what we've seen kind of before, like they don't really bring up pregnancies unless people keep them, you know, like or at least go through with it. Well, is that even a choice for them? They're in Georgia. Well, I I imagine this was filmed earlier. Okay. Well, you know, but I can't imagine it's super easy for them anyway, like even, uh, you know, prior to. Yeah. I mean, more difficult than than where either of us are for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. But I don't know. It's just it's I'm always thrown that like they never even mention it and they kind of do talk about it by like. What are you going to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. But they don't actually mention it, mention, you know, the possibility of, of, of having an abortion. They never do. Well, OK. I was under the impression that she's probably about 10 weeks along because she said it had been six weeks since her last period. Well, well, that I- makes her six weeks along. Oh, no, no. I was thinking of something else. I th- I, th- I thought she said she was six weeks late. I thought she said she was not a whole cycle late okay but yeah yeah so timing yeah is different but i honestly it based on the plus sign yeah i would actually lean toward her actually not being that far along because mm. what happens when you're suit when you're farther along all the ink gets picked up by the your pregnant line and there's no ink left for the control line and so the control line you can barely see Oh, right? okay. And the yeah. ink and the, the test line, the one that's like, are you pregnant, is the one that is like really bold. And we've seen, I feel like we've seen that before where you like looked at somebody, that looks like one line to me. And it's like, no, actually, they're so super pregnant that <laughs> all the ink got sucked up by the pregnant line. Right? Yeah. It's like when you have that really aggressive COVID and it's like, you know, okay. the line just immediately illuminates and they're like, well, look at that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, poor thing. 
Yeah, not a good situation. No. All right. So last up is, oh, man, I saved Lindsay and Deontay. So we're back in the car with Lindsay almost panicking just from a cop driving past the car. But it's obviously nothing and they're on their way. So Lindsay says that lots of things now overwhelm her out of prison. Things like lights, phones, and even like the sensory sensation of metal silverware. But the moment of panic is over and they start to talk up what they'll be doing in the Airbnb. And of course, Deontay talks up a very big game. Lindsay isn't worried about it because the last guy she was with is Scott, and that's a very low bar to clear. Yeah. So it's been six years since she's had anybody good. So they start making out, and we cut before too long. So then we go to the commercial segment, which is, of course, way too many details into their personal life because Deontay brags about the size of his penis, talks about the nicknames he has for it, and Lindsay thinks that's weird and gross. But then also names her vagina. She picks platinum, which doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. Why? It's cold and hard. Why would you want that? I don't know. Anyway, back, we pick up again with them getting out of the shower after finishing their business. So business that involved Lindsay getting a giant hickey. So Deontay, like everyone, tells us – like everyone always says this after they are with somebody the first time in the show. She's the best I ever had. Which, of course, that list, of course, does not include Nicole from last season he was on. So anyway, Lindsay just says that, well, it hurt. <laughs> and her advice is slow and easy, guys. Oh, so seems like pretty uh, differing opinions, actually. So the conversation then turns, turns to that of finances, which she says, which he says are worse than she might be ready for. Shows, especially since every girl he sees just takes him to the cleaners. So he brings his phone so she can check things out and it's not good. Like she's scrolling through his credit card apps and was like, this is how much you owe. And he's like, oh, is it? I don't even know. Whatever. Which is already a bad sign. But she immediately finds that he has $15,000 in collections. Yeah, it's not good. It's definitely a red flag to her that he has seven pairs of J's and $15,000 of defaulted debt. Now, I just want to clear that up. When she said in collections, she means that's yeah. the debt he is defaulted on, not what he still yes. owes. That He yep. owes way more than that and has already defaulted on 15000 Yeah. It's yeah? not good. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> not good. really bad. So that's where they left off. She's worried about his – so, I mean, is his financial stu- – uh, 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 is it – is it a fair trade here? His financial problems for her friend, bail my friend out of jail problems. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I don't know who the, the question probably, I think you're asking at the end of it is which one's worse. Yeah. Um, which is a bigger red flag. Yeah. The, his inability to manage money to me is a huge red flag. How is he giving Nicole, when he was with her, just straight up $5,000 in cash if he has 15000 in collections? This guy is not making good life choices. I don't care that he has a good job. Okay. A job means nothing if you That's can't not, manage the money no job that good you enough. have. Yeah. Good, you know, a job's not good enough to make, make, make up for that. Nope. Yeah. And I, that's I, difficult to get out of. No one's just going to have like $15,000 just drop in your lap so you can get out of this. This is something that's going to take him like months, maybe years to get out of. Well, and that's I, – I don't understand. Well, I guess I he's bad with money. 
Yeah. But he has more money skills than I do because I have no idea how you can get your hands on $5,000 cash money if you have 15000 in collections. Like, who I know, right? Is giving you credit. How are yeah. you getting this money? How are you spending $40,000 on someone when, like, Jesus, my credit card limits are barely $40,000. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Let alone, let alone, and I have, you know, top of the line credit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how you would go about getting that much money with that low credit and, like, just not, how do you keep getting money? I don't understand. Yeah, I have no idea either. And so it's just, uh, to me, that is a huge red flag. This is someone that, okay, maybe you can date this person. Maybe you could, you know, whatever. But I would never get married to this person. I would not not want my finances tied to that. I wouldn't want, you know, my financial future to be ruined by a relationship with this person. And, you know, it's one thing to, you know, if you're able to, to take care of him, that's fine. But you don't need to be married to do that. Yeah. Like it's one of those things very much that would be like, Oh, oh, we can work together and I can help you pay down your debt, mm-hmm. but we're not going to get married until it's gone. Right. Like, yeah. Because then it's yours. Then, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, you might be able to do it if you wrote a, you know, smart, if you had a smart enough prenup, you'd have to get a lawyer involved before I got married, right? Oh. I need a lawyer to somehow get me guaranteed that your credit, that the, all the money you took out before you got, before we got married is not going to is not going to come up on me. But like, it's like very concerning, more concerning about, again, these producers get him to say the dumbest stuff about his personal life. Oh my God. Like the monster. Really? What did they say to get you to say that? I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) King uh, dingling. He said king dingling. Yeah. But I mean, he said some pretty dumb crap. Like even went back when he was Nicole. I mean, Nicole Jr. His weird, like, what was it? That Norse (laughs) funeral he had. Yeah. uh uh You know, Nicole Jr. was put in a box and burned floating down the river. It's like just all he is just a bizarre guy when it comes to i mean he's referring to as the thunderdome you know just stuff like that where you're just like i don't know i feel like it's mostly talk at that point yeah i definitely think it's mostly talk well Mm -hmm. i mean as a rule the more a guy talks up how good he is in the bedroom the less good he is in the bedroom yeah but as you were saying before it's very low bar since uh we're talking about Scott. Hi, and, and based on Lindsay's like after interview, I don't know if he cleared it by all that much. <laughs> like, yeah, she was yeah. like, it was, eh, it's not, you know, maybe take it a little bit easier. Right. I mean, Whatever. yeah. <laughs> I just think that you know it's going to be a step up from Scott either way. Uh, but I mean, the money thing isn't all that different from Scott either. Like Scott kind of came across like he had all this money. And then when it really came down to it, he really didn't. Or at least that's not what he showed Lindsay. And I think at least Lindsay's going into this, not thinking necessarily that Deontay is going to be her sugar daddy. Yes, she doesn't. She doesn't think that. And I don't know how, I don't know that he made a bunch of promises about money to her. Yeah. Right. I think he's been pretty upfront about being like, hey, this is together. Nicole took me to the cleaners and I'm broke. Mm-hmm. Like, just so you know, <laughs> like that. I don't think he's been 
like that was her thing with Scott is he made all these big promises about like the house is going to be so nice and the thing is going to be so great. And it, it just he just didn't deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they kind of both have their downsides. So might as they well have just date each other. Heavy, heavy downsides. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe in a weird way, that means they're good for each other. Okay. A couple of things. What are Jays? You talking about Jordans? Oh, Jordans. Yeah. Okay. Jordans. I, I don't think I've ever heard them called Jays before. Okay. The other thing was Lindsay made a comment about how she has to use plastic utensils because yes. her teeth touching the uh, cutlery really bothers her. Bothers her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you're doing it wrong. How is your teeth ever touching the utensils? Yeah, I mean, my teeth don't touch anything. I'm trying to think a spoon, a fork. I mean, sometimes it accidentally touches, right? Yeah. But not usually. But my lips always do. Maybe she meant her lips. Yeah. Yeah. But still, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we didn't hear from Chance and uh, Taylor this week. That's correct. And I think that was it. So uh, of your group, who was the student of the week? Um, I went I went a little bit off cast, so cheated a little bit. I liked uh, Ray's grandmother, Susan. Mm-hmm. I liked her just being like, you need to chill out. Like, especially because she probably knew what Ray was doing. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I know he's being suspicious, but I know why he's being suspicious. And you need to stop assuming it's negative when it's, right. like, when it's like he's being suspicious for positive reasons. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my student of the week was Amber. Like, I thought it was somewhat ridiculous that Amber had to be the voice of reason and Puppy kind of thought she might be pregnant, but she almost like would have refused to take the pregnancy test had it not been for Amber. Okay, but that's definitely very Puppy is like, I don't, something bad might have happened and I don't, I'd rather just not know than actually take steps to find out. That is so ridiculous. So, I mean, thank you, Amber, for being the voice of reason with this group, you know, and forcing her to take that pregnancy test right yeah Fair you'd enough. rather figure it out earlier rather than later right this is mm-hmm. a time sensitive situation yeah all right um, uh, what about your dunce out with kevin he's mm-hmm. just lying to everybody and like coming there with the, with the i don't know the old girlfriend is sleeping with this sleeping with kayla in the middle of all this like with the cameras there like yeah. knowing everybody's gonna know it just right He's just such a skeevy dude. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I was thinking about it, you know, between him and Marcelino. I ended up going Marcelino. But I was thinking about it. I was like, Kevin, like such a, you know, not questionable parenting by talking about all this relationship stuff in front of his son. So I was like, yeah, let's throw that in there. But then I was like, Marcelino pretty much abandoned his kids. He abandoned his post, tried to pass it off to his mother-in-law so i'm like yeah marcelino's not winning any awards for father of the year either so i went with marcelino this week yeah yeah okay how about your life lesson i mean so this is i'm going with for Chaz and bramwin but it also has happened on this show before like you should not get married to someone the first time you see them yeah probably not (laughs) probably not like and there's lots of reasons but it's like you really don't and married is a big one. You really shouldn't commit to someone yeah. before you've met them in person because, you know, there's sometimes – and I, I've heard all kinds of people have stories about this. Online, we were talking, we were texting, things were really going over great. And then like 
we met in person and, you know, he touched my back all the time and it was skeevy and I didn't want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. Right. And you had to be already committed to marrying that person or moving in with that person when you haven't don't even know if the way they touch your back creeps you out yet. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. So my uh, life lesson goes to, and I know this is such a simple life lesson, but it just frustrates me how many people like know it, but don't live it. It's like, if you don't want to get pregnant, you have to, have to use birth control, right? And you can't just like be in denial about all of this. I mean, this is a big deal. Not only does it influence like your life, but if you end up getting pregnant, it's influencing another like dependence life, like further down the line. I cannot tell you even more recently how many friends that I've had that have played it fast and loose, like educated people who know better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who who I've talked about before it actually happened, like, you're going to wrap it up, right? Yes, for sure. And then they tell me afterwards, oh, you know, I just, I don't know, you're just into it. And it's like, no one just wants to stop the moment. And so that's part of it. And then also, like, the reality is, I mean, they're in a committed relationship. You have more options when you're in a committed relationship. It's not just about protecting yourself from STDs, but it's just like, I don't understand how you could just neglect, especially when there's so many different options of birth control out there. If you're really like not wanting to use condoms, but you have to be smart about it. These are serious consequences. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's crazy because I have always been. I'm the other way. I'm the other way. I'm like very, very strict about like no birth control. Definitely. No, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Like not not even going to. Chance it once, not one time. Right. But you're right. It goes across the whole socio. This is not a socioeconomic thing. I know plenty of like rich, educated people that do it. There's plenty of people in the middle class. It's just, it's all over the board. It just, I'm with you. It just, it just, I'm, it boggles my mind. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm into the point where like, not the point. I've always been like, even if it was just condoms, I was like, I'm not feeling great about this. This is making me nervous. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I need more. If I could double bag it, I would. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I don't understand the the thought for it. Because it is. It's, you stop the moment. But you stop the moment for what? Three seconds? Like, yeah. if you do it right? I don't know. It, it also kind of makes me feel like, uh, with my friends specifically, that, you know, I'm thinking of a couple incidents. It's like, if you're not comfortable stopping the moment because it's, like, socially awkward, maybe this isn't someone you should be sleeping with. That, then Yeah. Then you're not comfortable enough with that person. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Uh, we will be back next week, hopefully, to figure out what these people are doing next. Yep. We'll be back there. Keep going. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Bye.